All right, so it's our weekly Under the Covers uh, session with uh, Rianne van Veek, and we're going to be uh, tackling some of the most commonly asked questions about sex. And it's also a bit of a Q&A. If there are any, anything that you'd like to know, nothing's off limits uh, when it comes to love, intimacy, sex and sensuality. If there's uh, something that you would like to pose to Rianne, then that is fine. We'd love to hear from you on 021-446-0567. Uh, Rianne, great to have you back with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to, to be on the show, Sylvia Jane. All right, let's crack straight on with uh, some of the most commonly asked questions about sex. And the first one, I think, which uh, perhaps um, is really is one of the most common, is do women really care about penis size? Rianne? Yes, so th- that is an interesting question. Um, it, it's popular to say that it, that it is not the case. But a recent study, I think it was in, it in, in, in 2016, revealed that there is a small percentage of women that actually do um, prefer the longer penises. Um, those are the women that get, uh, they get pleasure from uh, the stimulation of their cervix. But the majority, it's about, if I remember the figures correctly, it's about 68% of women actually said, no, it really doesn't matter, and they were happy with the partners in uh, partners endowment. So uh, there you have it. So there are a, a small percentage of women that actually prefer it, and, and I think it's personal preference. It's the same with men in terms of of breasts. You know, the, the, the visual effect of larger breasts or smaller breasts, and it's all about personal preference. How true is it to say that when it comes to penis size, it actually can be um, it, it can be detrimental to men to get hung up on it? Because it, it is this thing. We, we, we've spent our lives talking essentially around it and directly and indirectly about uh, the male member and how important it is for it to be, um, you know, for, for men to be virile and for them to have large penises. And, and that's what makes you a man. But that can actually have quite a damaging effect on men, right? Yes, it, it is. It's similar, it's similar to body image problems with women. Uh, a lot of men, I wonder if it's not the majority of men actually have this lack of good sexual self-esteem because of the way that they view their penises or their penis size or form or whatever the case may be. And the moment that you start to consider that too seriously, it really becomes a problem. Men go into spectatoring, wanting, you know, scaring scared that their penis won't function. And the more that happens, uh, um, the more you focus uh, on your penis or your penis size or, or looks, whatever the case may be, the, the more you know, difficult it becomes not to think about that during your sexual encounter. And that is actually not the, the determining factor in a, in a good sexual relationship or in a loving sexual relationship itself. So yes, it can be damaging if you focus too much on that, you know, one has to work with what one has. You know, it's, 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 very, it's just a simple fact that you can't change it, use it and, and enjoy it for what it is and open up the communication channels with your partner. And, uh, and eventually uh, it is about the acceptance of one another as we are. And in a loving relationship, that's a safe place for you to, to experience great sex, no matter how well you end out or... And it should be said also, just to throw my two cents within, is that the, the penis isn't the only uh, uh, organ of pleasure uh, or, or thing of or, or thing that can give a woman pleasure. There's plenty else that can be done um, yes, without the right. penis. 
I think there's, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's a, a, a common perception that sex is penetrative sex. And that simply isn't the case. We, we sometimes refer to sex as outer sex or inner sex. And outer sex are all the other things like oral stimulation, manual stimulation. Uh, you know what? You can let your imagination actually go because of the ways of, you know, the number of ways that we can provide sexual and uh, stimulation to one another and sexual pleasure. So definitely, uh, you don't need a penis to have a great sex life or, or, or orgasm, so, so <laughs> even in heterosexual couples. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've had a message in from John who asks, and I thought this is a very interesting question, why do some people have fetishes? Yeah, um, there are several theories about that, but the, the, the most common theory and, and the one that has most scientific support is the conditioning theory. Um, sometimes if we're in a peak emotional state and something else happens in the same time, that stimulus gets conditioned into our nervous system. Now, sexual pleasure or sexual excitement is a, a peak emotional state. And anything that, you, that gets linked, even accidentally linked to, to that state, may uh, get conditioned to be associated with that, with that, with that uh, object. So it is, in the majority of cases, a learned type of behavior. But it becomes so strongly conditioned into our nervous systems that those people, you know, it becomes natural for them. And it's not necessarily unhealthy. That's the thing, isn't it? When we often, when we talk about fetishes, we we make it something that is unhealthy or, or abnormal or not quite right. But I'm imagining that that most of us would have. Uh, would it be fair to say most of us would have a fetish, even however tame it, however vanilla it may be? Yes, I, I think they, you know, sexual preference uh, and and your likes and dislikes to a certain degree. Um, is a, a type of fetish because uh, if you like um, your, your your partner to dress in a certain way, even if it's just in lingerie, that may become a fetish for you if you can't get really sexually excited without that. So yes, you're right. Um, uh, in terms of the normal definition of fetishes, it is where you need the object or the or the condition to get sexually aroused which makes it a bit different from uh, typical sexual behavior. But to a certain degree, we all have some fetishes. And it, it is only a problem when it provides uh, distress in one or more life areas, specifically uh, and, and most obviously in your relationship. Lorna has sent in a message and has asked, is anal sex dangerous? Hmm, good question. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that, uh, that that question a, a couple of times in my practice. Uh, Have you? And, uh, yes, people are concerned. You know, anal sex is, it, as we become more liberated in terms of our sexual expression, uh, many women start to experiment with anal sex as well. And they often get concerned that, you know, they may get piles or whatever the case may be, or, or, or rectal tears and so on. No, it's not dangerous, uh, provided that you you take it slow, you make ensure that there's enough lubrication. And obviously, um, 
if it is hurtful, then, you know, if it's painful, then rather, rather stop it and try next time so that you don't, uh, it, it, you know, damage the, the rectum or the erectile canal. Well, often when, when people talk about anal sex, it is in a very sort of, um, tongue in cheek sort of way. Um, but, but there is, I mean, you know, and also I guess people's fears are around that it's going to be painful, that it's, that there's going to do some damage. But I mean, as you say, done, done correctly, not a problem. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a saying that, um, for women, anal sex most often is, a, is simply a pain in the butt, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> really it is about being careful experimentation if you if your partner has a you know a, a larger uh, penis in, in the terms in terms of the penis you know size scale then you may make you have to make sure that you use the perhaps dilators if you really want to experiment with that to get your your rectum to relax because you need to be relaxed to make sure that it's firstly enjoyable but also to make sure that you don't get, uh, you know, experience pain with that. I once it's heard, Rian... Yes. Yeah, I, I once heard that, the, uh, and I don't know what I was watching. It might have been Sex in the City or some some trash yeah. television show, uh, and they were saying that to, for a, for if you have an orgasm before having uh, anal sex, that helps you relax and therefore minimizes the pain. Would that does that stand true according to your uh, expertise? Well, if you. Uh, yeah, if, if I just look at it from a scientific point of view, from a, from a uh, functional point of view, orgasm, you know, is a full body response and it leads to the relaxation eventually of the, the whole um, pelvic floor. So there may be some truth in it. I'm, I'm, I won't put my head on the block for this, but it sounds logical that, that they, with the relaxation, because of uh, post-orgasm, that it may facilitate anal sex a bit better. Okay, there we go. Um, so, so lubrication and relaxation are the keys, and communication. Yeah. Let's not, let's not forget communication. That's correct, absolutely. Yeah, um, Conrad has asked. Oh, and I think we've we've talked about this on the show before, but it's it's a good question. Uh, is female ejaculation real? <laughs> yes, it is real. Um, you know, um, the source of female ejaculation is a is a subject of much debate but recently uh, there was a scientific study done and it was published in the journal of medicine to to and i think that's going to lead to a distinguishing uh, between uh, female ejaculation and squirting where squirting is normally associated with quite a lot of fluid expelled uh, uh, during the orgasm of a, of a woman now female ejaculation is really looking more like a male ejaculate, you know, it's sticky and, and, and viscous. And while squirting is, is much more uh, fluid. And what they found in, in the study is that it comes from, you know, if, if it's squirting, it, it comes from the bladder itself. They did some tests, you know, it's an interesting study. But yes, in actual fact, it exists. And I think as uh, the, the research needs uh, going to... Uh, to be, uh, as more research is going to be done on that, I, I think the distinguished, they, there's going to be distinguishing terms like ejaculation and squirting and that they're going to see that as sort of separate experiences. There we go. So that's, that's, that's the answer, uh, Conrad, right there for you. Uh, can, can men also have multiple orgasms, says Anonymous? 
Yes. Um, men, in my, in my view and in my practice, are notoriously lazy when it comes to exercising their sexual <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> but if you strengthen your, your, um, your PC muscle and, uh, and you know that you become aware that there's a difference between ejaculation and orgasm, and that orgasm happens a few milliseconds before ejaculation. Oh, slow down there. This is, you're, you're educating me right here. There's a difference between orgasm and ejaculation. Yes. Orgasm is a full body response, and ejaculation is the expulsion of a semen because of that. But it's two separate uh, physiological uh, reactions, and they're linked but they are separate. So can you, can you, as a man, orgasm without ejaculating? Yes. <gasps> Breaking so, news. <laughs> yeah, so there you, 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 you have several techniques that you can learn uh, on how to do that. In, in the East, it, it, it's, uh, uh, it is taught to, to men from a relatively early age uh, because of other philosophical stances on that. But yes, you can... Strengthen your PC muscle. Train yourself to become aware when you get to the orgasm part. Slam on the brakes, as you say. Keep on stimulation and then climax without ejaculation because you, you keep the ejaculate back. And then men can have actually multiple orgasms and without a refractory period, so with one erection, in other words. Once they've ejaculated, then the normal refractory period uh, comes into play and they have to wait and, and recuperate before you can have a, a nice erection. Mm. Also, depending on age, how long it will take. But yes, definitely, it, it, you can teach yourself to become multi-orgasmic as a man. Mm. There we go. Men, start exercising. Don't be so lazy. Uh, we've had a fascinating question in here from Anonymous who says, can a man like a Catholic priest, for example, live forever without a woman or without intercourse? And how does he control his sexual urges? With prayer, question mark. But how does he control his... I, th- I think that is a fascinating uh, uh, question. Yes, I think it's... You know, this is obviously from a, from a sexologist's point of view, very biased, but I, from the research that we've done and the World Health Organization has done some... There's some nice articles published on this, is that sex is a strongly innate drive in human being. It's also a fundamental right. So if you choose not to have sex, it, it, it's going to be a very difficult endeavor for you, especially for men because we are driven by um, testosterone that's a strong precursor to sexual desire. Now, I would re- I'm not a Catholic priest, uh, priest, so I don't know what they do to control the urges, but I suppose that masturbation may be... Uh, one of the um, the ways that they that they do get relief in terms of their sexual expression. What mm. a great question! Thanks very much indeed for that. Fascinating. Um, I once yes. watched a, a documentary that was to do with with abuse in the Catholic Church, and not that I want to necessarily bring that up, up as a topic, but um, and it was talking about the 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 impact that ref, um, refraining from uh, having any sexual activity has. I mean, they weren't suggesting there was a link between paedophilia and, and, rest, and restraining, but it was just a very yeah. interesting insight into. Um, into what happens when you when you aren't necessarily able to express yourself uh, fully as sexually um, or as as you might want. Fascinating, fascinating documentary. Yeah, got, it is fascinating. Mm, mm. And, 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 and so, Jenny, I think I think if you do 
keep that, you know, hold that in, there will be an osmotic drive to really get to express that. So I think it's, yeah, that, that's a very difficult one. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, can certain exercises really lead to better sex, uh, says Annie in Observatory? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. You know, um, the, the, the first most basic one uh, that I can quickly think of ahead is to to exercise your uh, your PC muscle. You know, it, it leads to stronger orgasms, uh, it leads to more orgasmic control. You know, we've just spoken about it with men for multiple orgasms. But also cardiovascular exercise, the arousal for both men and women are basically cardiovascular. So it's you need blood flow uh, and, and good cardiovascular health and vein health, obviously to get the, um, the arousal by pumping blood into the genitals. So, yes, cardiovascular exercise, definitely. And for, for men and women, some resistance exercise also contributes because resistance exercise has been shown to uh, increase testosterone. That is, in men and women, contributing to sexual desire. Mm-hmm. More in men than women, because women's sexual desire is a bit more complex, but definitely plays some role in both uh, in both genders. Okay, good. So we need to get on the treadmill and get exercising our bits yeah. and pieces. Use the weight as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one final question. Um, uh, what do we got? I- I'm 17 and had a dream about having sex with another woman. Does it make me gay or bisexual? No, not at all. Sexual desires or sexual fantasies doesn't determine your sexual orientation. So uh, even sexual ex- same gender sexual experiences or se- same gender sexual experimentation doesn't make you one or the other. An important thing to notice uh, and to know is, Sarah Jane, is that we are not, you know, it's, there's a very limited number of people that are 100% heterosexual or 100% homosexual. We all are somewhere on a scale. And so it's, it's almost no use to really concern yourself about it. Express yourself the way that you feel safe. And if, you, if, you, if the majority of your sexual expression is with, with, a, you know, with a person of the opposite gender, then you're most probably more heterosexual. And a, a dream or so or an experimentation or so doesn't put you in a different category. There we go. I think uh, on that note, we're going to have to end it because the time is at half past. Uh, Rian, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. This is, of course, our last show on Late Nights. We would just like to extend our enormous gratitude uh, to you for uh, for helping us out uh, and being uh, our our sex expert or sexpert, as I've liked to call you over the last few months. It really has been an absolute pleasure. And thanks once again for joining us. Thank you. It's worth enjoying from you.